The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Welcome to Season 2 of Students of Mind, the podcast where we aim to normalize conversations about mental health. Last season, we connected you with experts in the field of mental health to provide an understanding of topics and illnesses that may not have been easily accessible. This season, we will continue our learning journey together by not only speaking to experts, but also by listening to the voices and stories of real people who are living, surviving, and even thriving while also facing challenges with their mental health in their everyday life. This season, we want to hear your stories to get the full truth of what it's like to manage one's mental health and navigate living with mental illness. My name is Jade, and today is the first of a two-part series where I sit down with parents to talk about parenthood and its effect on and relationship with mental health. To kick off the series, I'm joined by two fathers, Bobby Brown and Brandon Holman, who will talk about their upbringing and how it's inspired their own parenting, the life shifts that came with fatherhood, and the ways they fit self-care into their schedules. I hope by listening to the show, you're able to learn something new and gain some encouragement through hearing our experts and listening to the journeys of our guests. However, this show is not a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have about your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on the Students of Mind podcast. Today's guests are my wonderful friends, Bobby Brown and Brandon Holman. Bobby is a husband, father of four, and the founder of Donuts with Dads, a support group for fathers based in Inglewood, California. In addition to running Donuts with Dads and modeling with his family, Bobby is currently running for Inglewood City Council. Our second guest is Brandon Holman. Brandon is also a husband and father of one, a yoga instructor, and the co-founder of the Lazuli Collective, a company that connects wellness with the entertainment industry. In today's discussion, Brandon and Bobby talk about their own upbringings and relationships with their parents, the generational aspects of parenting they've chosen and not chosen to adopt, how fatherhood has changed their relationship with their mental health, and what they do to keep themselves well mentally and physically. Welcome, Bobby and Brandon. Thank you so much for being here today. Of course. Yeah, really happy to be here. I'm happy to have you here. Before we get into the topic of today, can we just get to know you guys a little bit? So, Tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do. We can start with Bobby. Yes, I am Bobby Brown. Uh, the work that I do, I started Donuts with Dads in 2019. Uh, it's a father's support group. Um, we have 
expanded to about 150, 160 members. Um, we're mostly virtual now, and we do the work around uh, being present as fathers now, healing any past traumas that we may have. Uh, we do accountability work. Uh, we try to hold people, each other accountable for reaching our goals, um, healing any traumas that you know have taken time to get to, to the point of healing. Um, it all came from me having my wife go to her mom's groups and come back fully refreshed, cup refilled, ready to love on our kids. Uh, and I was jealous of that. I wanted that. Um, so I went looking for it, couldn't find it. So I had to create it. Um, and it's brought to me a community that supports me, not just in my fatherhood journey, but in my journey as an individual as well. Um, and now my closest friends, including Brandon, are all of that community and from that community. So um, I think one of the biggest problems is when we men become fathers, we lose a lot of the friendships and support systems we had because they're they just not they don't have kids at the same time or whatever the situation is. Um, but now, literally, all my best friends are our fathers because of this journey. So I'm grateful for the work. That's great. Uh, Brandon, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself and talk about the work that you do. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm Brandon Holman. Uh, I'm also a fellow dad uh, and father. Shout outs to Donuts with Dads. Um, I'm, my work has been uh, at the intersections of music, tech, and entertainment. Uh, and most recently um, in the wellness and mental health space, I founded a company called the Zuli Collective, which connects BIPOC uh, wellness uh, teachers and artists to brands and content opportunities uh, and funding resources. Um, we do live events. Uh, we recently partnered with Coachella and, and did all of their wellness programming. Um, and we also uh, work with uh, corporations and brands in the entertainment space to focus on employee wellness programs. Um, as Bobby mentioned, uh, you know, um, having the community and support uh, of not only donuts with dads, but just the, the um, sort of kinship of, of fatherhood has really helped uh, propel me and, and my business, my spirituality, um, and, and just a lot of growth that I've seen over the last couple of years. Um, my wife uh, also was uh, in, in the mom groups and was uh, pushing me to, to start joining Bobby's group and I resisted for a long time. It sounded so cheesy to me. I was like, there's no way I'm hanging out with dads at 9 a.m. Uh, on a Saturday. Uh, um, but I wish that I joined sooner uh, because uh, these are, you know, my, my family, um, the best sort of like confidants and friends that I have. Uh, and, and I don't know what my life would be like, you know, without the group of these men. Wow. It's great to hear how impactful the group has been for both of you and how both of you are kind of both of you are doing this work to help others and I think to start our conversation on parenting I want to kind of go back to the roots and and to your background and look at your childhood and and what it was like for you growing up and if wellness and mental health were conversations that you were having with your parents when you were growing up? Uh, I, think we're, I think we're both laughing because, no, we never yeah. had those conversations <laughs> with our parents. 
but <laughs> I guess I'll start. Uh, I had a fairly, I had a pretty good uh, uh, childhood. I, I was adopted uh, when I was three months old, uh, was adopted by a great and loving uh, uh, African-American family. Um, I grew up in, in uh, Southern Connecticut in the suburbs right outside New York City. And my, my relationship with my father, I think, was that of a lot of other um, just like black, black dad vibes, uh, you know, big on respect and authority. Um, I learned a lot from my dad. Uh, I was recently reflecting with uh, my therapist about the lessons that I learned from my dad. And I think I learned um, my communication and like people skills and, and networking. Um, I, my dad really prepared me to move in the corporate environment, to move in a social environment, being um, one of only, uh, you know, just black faces in, in many white spaces, um, taught me to be myself while still like adapting to other cultures. Um, my dad taught me a lot about, you know, the music that I listen to and love, um, sports, uh, played golf and, and tennis with my dad growing up, which was really cool. Um, but there, but there was like this, like very like strict and like stern, um, sort of like side of my father, um, that uh, was hard dealing with when I was a kid. Uh, just like a lot of like playful energy and then just like having just like a lot of rules. Uh, for example, like I remember if it was like we're doing the chores, it's like Saturday chores and stuff. And so I'd be vacuuming the living room and my dad would ask me like, hey, did you, did you move the, like, the chair or the couch to like vacuum underneath it? maybe I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I moved it. And then he'd be like, no, you didn't. Like I could see in the indentation, like of the chair to the carpet, like you didn't move it. Um, so you need to, instead of just moving it and vacuuming under that spot, you need to do the whole thing over again. And I was like, what, like, why? Like, like, let's just do that one little spot. He's like, no, like if you didn't do that, then like, it's all wrong. And I'm like, so like, it was a lot of mind games like that sometimes, or I could also think of times of just like, I would ask my dad would be in the car, like, hey, like, where are we, where are we driving to? Where are we going? And it's funny because my son asked this all the time now, like, where are we going? Where are we? You know, and my dad would be like, like, we're going where I want to go. Like, don't ask me where we're going. Like, I'm the father, like. And so I would just stop asking him. Like, I would get in the car. You like, get in the car. I would get in the car. I have no clue where we're going. And I just stop asking. And maybe we go to Home Depot. Maybe we'd be getting food. Um, it was just these innocent sort of things. But it was like that, that, you know, sort of like authority. And a lot of that changed. I feel like when my dad, he, he had a stroke when I was like in middle school. And then he had this like near-death experience. So that changed a lot of his like, behaviors and the way that he interacted with, with my mom and I. Um, but it's like still just like a, a part of him. Um, 
And I remember those things, like, as I'm now a parent, and again, like, when my son asked me, like, where we're going, like, I can't imagine ever being, like, I'm not going to tell you where the fuck we're going because, like, I'm a man and I'm a, I'm a dad and, like, I'm just, like, we're, we're going here. <laughs> like, it's not that serious. And the example with the cleaning up and stuff, I think it did prepare me, you know, to, like, be detail-oriented. Um, but like that tough love, uh, is like not the way that, not my parenting style didn't really resonate when I was a kid. And, um, I think can inflict like more trauma and pain than like, than love. Uh, but you know, I love my dad. Um, I'm grateful for all the experiences that we had, you know, both positive and negative because it's put me in the position that I'm in today and maybe the man that I am. Um, so I wouldn't really change anything. Um, but I do know that, you know, there's things that I'm doing differently uh, in, in my household and family. Yeah, you mentioned a lot of things that like even I can relate to with my father and just what I've heard other men, specifically black men say that their fathers act like ways that they've acted specifically like not telling you where you're going when you get in the car that's something i've heard a lot <laughs> from people when like describing their childhood so bobby i'm wondering for you how <laughs> was your relationship with your father growing up what was your childhood like yeah um resonated with a lot of that <laughs> um i my biological father was in and out of my life uh, my parents were, they were never actually together. My biological parents were never together ever in my whole life. Speaking of this, the father group, it made me go back and ask questions of like my birth story, what that was like. And I didn't find this out until I had my first child almost 10 years ago. But uh, my dad just dropped my mom off at the hospital and dipped out. And like my uncle was there, like that was it. And, like that was the very significant, I wish I would have known that earlier but it definitely like defines the role my dad has played. My biological father has played in my life, uh, throughout my life. He was always hit and miss. He was always money over presence, uh, actual presence. Um, but my stepfather got into my life when I was five. Um, and he's still, my parents are still married, uh, pushing on 28 years. Um, so our relationship, he's a very, he was military guy. Um, very, you know, the the vacuuming thing. I didn't have that specific incident, but uh, mowing the lawn or picking up the dog poop, like there was, his saying was, "There's one way to do things, and that's the right way." I was like, oh, "All right, my guy. I guess the, that also means it's your way, uh, your way <laughs> or the highway." Um, very loving, but it, you know, as I grew, I was also before he was around. I was in the foster care system for a little bit. Um, and I had to grow up. I was like three and I had to grow up really quick. There was a lot of, you know, survivor, uh, survivor mode that goes into to effect. Um, so I was very mature early on. And when I got back to my mom's custody, about four years old, um, I was just a different person. Like I knew there was something in my spirit, something in my being that made me a little more independent, a little stronger, maybe callous, but I was like, I knew how to, to navigate and manipulate situations as a kid to survive, right? Um, 
So with that came a lot of understanding for my stepfather. Uh, I used to watch his dynamic with his father. Um, I got a lot, of, a lot of understanding and had a lot of compassion for how he was the way he was, why he was the way he was. Uh, great guy, but never went out of his way to, you know, get, put his hands in the dirt or really be a part of the community or anything like that. Um, career driven. So I got a lot of great things from him. Uh, very authoritarian, like, like Brandon was saying. Uh, I had to be quiet when I was home. If I made noise, I could hear him yelling from the living room, couldn't interrupt his TV time. He was very the go to work early, come home, drink beer, sit on the couch, watch TV until it was time to, to go to sleep. And he's the same way now. Um, but, you know, that, that makes him happy for, or at least gives him the facade of being happy. My mother was very loving. Uh, main thing I learned from her was the golden rule treat others the way you want to be treated. That was something she always preached to me, uh, got me through a lot. My mother is white. Um, so, you know, that's a thing. And that was like um, a very, it was louder of a thing as I got older in high school. And I started to adapt this culture that I wasn't, wasn't the culture at home, but it was just my true essence and my true being, uh, being a black man in the world. And um, as I became a parent, as I became a father, having black children, um, I gravitated away from my, the white side of my family, um, started to really pay attention to the kind of the, a lot of the racism that was built in my childhood that I thought was normal, that it came from people who loved me and protected me, um, not really realizing the, the shift of how fucked up it all was, um, but, you know, a lot of love behind it. I was able to, to find a lot of compassion. Um, so becoming a father really helped me look at my parents as individuals and respect their journey and have some more empathy for their journey and really understand that they they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They were just going through this process as we are. Um, there's days where I wake up, I'm like, what the fuck? I have four kids. Oh, shit. Like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with my life? Um <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I, I could only imagine for them, for my biological father who didn't want kids um, to, to have these children and to like, to not want them to have a whole thing. Like uh, that, that Will Smith episode always stuck with me. The Fresh Prince episode, um, like, why doesn't he want me? Why doesn't he love me? And like having those thoughts throughout your childhood, um, they do fuck you up. Like there is some trauma that comes from that. But I think there's also, when you ask yourself those questions, there's understanding, there's answers that come from those questions um, that I've tried to, you know, research and, and investigate on my biological father's side. But it got to a point where I was like, look, I'm living my life. I have a stepfather who loves me, who shows up for me, uh, who's taught me a lot of things. As much as he's wanted to put his hands on me and, and hit me when I was younger, my mom would never let him. So, like, he couldn't really be his own, his true fatherly self as I imagined he would if I was his own biological kid um, <laughs> but I think that that's also the the shift of doing things like the group that we do because you know we get to the point where we if we there's there's been a dad in my group who comes and he's he's crying to us because he's mad that he yelled at his kid or something like that like the fact that we have these groups and that we're open and able to talk about them not only heals us but I think also heals the generational trauma that hopefully won't pass on to our kids. Uh, and it just makes us be more aware in, in moments um, on the day-to-day -to, -day to how we treat ourselves, how we treat 
our partners in this, um, our significant others, and our children. Um, so yeah, inspired a lot from from the childhood. But also, like Brandon was saying, it makes you aware of these things. It makes you do things, not necessarily how you wish they were done. I don't want to change anything. Everything happened for a reason, but I don't want to do things certain ways. Yeah, it and it seems it's really interesting hearing you both talk because it seems like you guys have taken time to like look and inquire into the relationships with your fathers and your childhood and the dynamics and so it's interesting to hear you talk about it with this layer of wisdom um and my next question is kind of what you were talking about bobby is the generational aspect and as you guys have developed into fathers what are the things or are there things from your father or your moms that you have taken from their parenting into your parenting and what are the things that you've uh left um for me i think uh i think just like starting with the love um my 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 parents poured a lot of love into me both like physically um emotionally and i think just through setting up just like a foundation um uh of, of opportunity um, that that really inspired me to you know make the moves that I make whether it's like the schools that they put me in or the, the summer camps and opportunities and um, you know I, I could tell that they were just like very um, intentional on the things that they put into my brain and the people that they put me around so I definitely take that and just like the love that's in my household um, and. You know, my son is still very young. He just turned three. Um, so he's now able to comprehend and uh, take in more. Um, but, you know, now really trying to, like, establish the, like, respect um, for, like, his parents and friends. And, um, but you know, a three-year-old toddler sharing is still hard. Uh, tantrums are happening all the time and uh you know had to my son like hit me the other day and like i had to so <laughs> i'm sure bobby you know this like sometimes like it's just natural reaction like if someone hits you like you want to hit them back you know so it's like my son hit me and like i want to just like pop him like back really quick but then i'm like oh like i can't do that um and knowing though but like maybe with my parents like it would it would be a thing like okay like you hit me like now you're gonna get a spanking like i'm gonna give it to you back times 10 and now you know that you're never gonna hit me again and i'm trying to you know i guess the term gentle parent uh but like trying to really talk to my son and and have him understand like why you don't hit dad and here are the things that you can do when you're feeling really upset and angry so you don't get to that point like how can you deflect and transmute that anger and that energy so it doesn't manifest in you hitting me hitting your friend taking a toy like all those things um which is really hard to do i feel like it's so much easier just to like hit my son or if he's yelling and screaming then i'm just going to yell and scream back at him and now i'm yelling at a child who like can't 
under, like really understand and comprehend like that much. So I'm just like, I, I think back on it. I'm just like, it's really wild what like a lot of parents do and like what my parents do, but I get it. Like, it's like our, it, it feels like a natural sort of like instinct to do. And it's generational too. And it's like, this is how I was raised. So this is what we're going to do. But I'm just like, why am I going to fight fire with fire? And to like a brain that does, is still a, like, not even a sponge, like, but it's like, it's not even fully developed. So like, why am I going to like, think that I'm at the same level, like of a child, you know? Um, and, and I see it happen, like when I'm in grocery stores and someone's like yelling at their kid because their kid wants candy and their kid is like acting up. It's like, your kid is a kid and like, of course they want candy. Of course they're going to be like running around in a store. Like, like I feel like let kids be kids, but also like just try to like direct it in a way that works. Um, that's the approach that, that I'm trying to take, but it's, it's really, really hard. Like it's not for the, for the faint of heart. I, I would say again, like it's so much easier to just be like, all right, like I'm just going to like, smack you and like hopefully like that will shut you up like if, if you get so scared that then like you'll never do this thing again but like I don't want to I don't want to parent that way like I, I don't want to teach lessons like through fear and through trauma um, I know like that's the way that like it's very like animalistic I feel like and it's like the way that we train dogs and like animals it's like through like the whip you know but um i i know that there's a better that there's a better way so yeah that's that's my approach Bobby, how about you yeah some of the things i've taken with me are definitely you know the love the love is there um more so for my mother than anybody or at least expressed um vocally um and physically through my mom more than my father um i learned a lot of routine from my father which i think is important um he was a he got up he did he woke up super early went to work did the work never complained until later in his career um but he was very much i'm working to provide for this house for this food uh for your guys's happiness um very supportive and everything i played basketball uh, I was a big skateboarder. Uh, I did poetry, like whatever I did, uh, whenever I quit, uh, started something new, very supportive, uh, coach my basketball team when I wanted to play basketball. Um, father was very active, uh, in, in guiding me to fulfill whatever my dreams were at the time. Uh, so I'm definitely, I take that with me. Um, and, and understanding that I'm, I was always on my own time. I never did things when people wanted me to. Um, I never did things the way people wanted me to, but I still got to the, to the end result. Uh, took, took years for him and my mom to kind of understand and for me to understand my human design and like how I actually function. Um, but once I figured it out, I stuck to it without really understanding the details of it. But my parents provided the the supportive platform to do these things. Um, my parents were very much the, if you want to drink or smoke or do drugs or try these things out, do it at home. So you're safe. Um, 
So, so we know you're protected and all this stuff, which allowed me to not want to drink or smoke or do any of these things until I was uh, old and old enough to not need their consent. Um, but you know, those little things, I don't know if that was a intentional Jedi mind trick. So I wasn't rebellious, but it worked. So I don't want to provide that as something I want to take. What I don't want to take um, is the fear-based learning. Um, when I raise my voice, that's it. Like I, 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 I do yell more than I'd like to. Um, with one kid, I did a good job of not doing that. And then we had twins. And I was like, oh, shit. All right. Let me really get my shit together and figure this out. And we had our fourth. Um, <laughs> And um, so there's days that are better that hit and miss. The more time I give myself for my own mental health and my and refilling my own glass and taking care of my needs, I'm calmer. I respond better. Um, my kids do beat the shit out of me. <laughs> I do not touch them. Um, not just because it's wrong, but I just that's just not something I I, I didn't get hit. So it's like I, that's a gen that's a second generation of me i'm not first generation when it comes to that so that was a little easier um but the things that i didn't get from my father were vocals right like he didn't tell me he loved me um he didn't he, he showed me he loved me in providing and that was how he did it which is how he was learned how it was done and and that's trickled on um so i make it a priority to vocalize my love um along with providing um and being way more gentle with myself than I think my father or my stepfather ever were with themselves. Um, so those are some of those generational things. I think that it's not so much, it's not like overnight magic. We're healing these things, right? It's keeping it top of mind, keeping it prioritized and having the intention to realize, all right, cool. Let me deal with this now. And my kids won't even have to fucking second guess this shit. Right. Uh, and one day they'll realize, oh, you, you didn't have a great relationship with your father, but you still was, you were still such a great father. And I think when I look out to, to those moments in the future, right. Happening as if, I mean, this is a thankless job this parenting shit. So I imagine one day in my life or in their life, they'll be like, oh, damn, dad had a, had a heal through this, heal through that. He didn't get taught these things or shown these things. So hopefully they'll have a little more compassion uh, for the journey that we're on. Um, which is why I really wanted to create the space that I created and donuts with dads, because it's one thing to want to do these things. It's another thing to learn how, and to be surrounded by people who are also learning how none of us have ever experienced what we experienced in donuts with dads. We've ne these aren't things, this is all new. It's all groundbreaking every day. Every time we come together, um, we are the first of our families to have a group of men where we talk about things we cry with each other we express fears we ask for help um and those are things that you know they're it's all community based so these opportunities for this shit was around back then but they weren't top of mind they weren't a concern you know so i think taking advantage of the opportunity now to create new traditions, to create new routines with the family, um, to create healthier ways of growing with each other um, are our top priority. So hopefully there's more that gets taken from my kids, uh, from me, as opposed to them feeling like they need to leave some things behind. But yeah, it's a good question. Mm -hmm.
I want to start talking a little bit more about your mental health. Um, initially, I was going to ask how first how fatherhood changed your mental health, but I'm wondering if, you know, before you guys became fathers, like what was your relationship with your mental health? We can start with Brandon. Yeah, um, before I became a father, my relationship with my mental health didn't really impact me until maybe like three or four years before I had a kid. Um, I, I experienced a, a breakup, um, job loss, uh, was just like burnt out from my career. Um, and then just like realized that like, like my, my whole identity was wrapped up in my job and my relationship. I was in like a nine year relationship, eight, eight, nine year relationship, thought I had the best job in the world. Um, and then like once both of those things, um, you know, were no longer there, I didn't really know who I was. I wasn't like Brandon from my job and like Brandon attached to this person in a relationship. Um, so I really had to find myself. Uh, and um, so that, that's what got me into therapy for the first time, um, which I really enjoyed. I, I was never like against therapy, um, but I just never really felt that I had the, the, the need or like anything to like really work through. Um, so that was the catalyst. Uh, and then that got me on a path of uh, meditation, yoga, and, and spirituality. Um, so before I became a father, um, I was getting deeper sort of like on my, my, my wellness and, and healing journey. Um, so by the time that I had a ch child, um, I, I was really prepared and, uh, my partner and I were like very intentional about, um, having the child. Uh, and, and we really discussed like our relationship, our, our, our love and our connection and like the things that we wanted to see like out of our family, um, which I think looking back was like really healthy, um, but also like very unique and like a little like unheard of, like some of the times when I tell people like the way that my, my wife and I got together um, and even me having this vision <laughs> of my child, <laughs> which uh, came through <laughs> like a, an ayahuasca ex experience in Peru, um, which is like a part of my like healing journey. Um, uh, people are like very surprised and I'm realizing I'm like, oh, like not everybody like has these discussions and like really like plans a family like this. Uh, so, um, I had a, I had a very sort of like good relationship to, to mental health, uh, before the child. Um, and then I know you asked before, but I could just talk about sort of like how it evolved after the child. Um, yeah, Bobby said like, it's this, this, this fatherhood stuff, family stuff. It's a thankless job. Um, it's also so much work. <laughs> um, I don't think I was prepared for that. No one, I, yeah, I didn't have a community of, uh, of fathers 
to really prepare me for like what was going to come um, from like a, a personal level, from the, the shifts in the, the family or like, like the couple dynamic, how that changes and evolves. Um, Bobby also mentioned like the, how things change with your friends and, and your community. Um, uh, if you happen, if you are like, uh, maybe like the only one of your friends that, that has a family, I felt like I was one of the first in, in my friend group and there's still like not a lot, um, of dads that like I'm really close to. And that's why I love Donuts with Dads so much because I have this group of, of, of young, uh, uh, fairly young, you know, men, um, who are all going through the same things. Um, so when I have the child, my, my child um, sort of had to had to grow and evolve and find new ways to um, really do self-care because your time now is like so, um, you know, everything goes to providing for your family, providing for your child, uh, supporting your wife. And then, you know, what us dads talk about a lot of the time is like, where do we find the time for ourselves? Um, before uh, family and kids, like, yeah, I could do yoga like all day long. Um, I just posted uh, this thing, you know, on Instagram right now. There's like the like post. And then I saw you, Jade, and posted it of like the couples, like, when you first met up and like, I posted this, uh, my, my wife and I putting on a face mask, like my skincare routine was crazy. Like I had all the masks, all the things. And like now, like I barely have time to brush my teeth sometimes. Like I forget that I need to brush my teeth some days. Uh, so like, yeah, I, I need to find the ways to like be really intentional about, how to pour back into myself um and you know some days and weeks and months are like better than others but having you know the support um of fellow dads uh to to one like come together and talk about it or to be like and i feel like it's it's it, it feels more special and gratifying too when it's like hey bobby like I haven't seen you in a minute. Like, can we go to the movies this weekend? And knowing that like, when we do link up the commitment that it really takes because what you're leaving behind and what you have to also like negotiate and like <laughs> barter and like really plan with your partner to be like, Hey, can you watch the kid? I need my time to go to the family. And like Bobby has four kids like and a wife and a job and family like i have all my other you know stuff that i'm dealing with so like when we actually all do link up it feels so good um when it feels good to see your friend but it also feels good to be like oh wow like this is this is very intentional you know like it's not just like a spur of the moment like oh hey like do you want to hang out and like grab a beer and watch the game like we sometimes need to plan things like two weeks a month in advance and like really blocking out the time and being like this is my time don't ask me any questions i'm doing this and 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 you might not have another one of those moments in in a, in a while 
Um, so I really look forward to those days. And then um, for me right now too, like I just have to sometimes get up, you know, extra early in the morning so I can have my time alone before my child wakes up, before my wife wakes up um, or going to sleep a little bit later um, uh, so I can just have, have that me time. I think that's been really important, but also sacred of just having that like that alone time so I can recharge. And then as Bobby mentioned, so then I'm my best self showing up to my family. So then my temper is, you know, longer, you know, longer, you know, I don't snap as hard as much and I am able to get more compassion to myself, to my family, all the things. Yeah. Great. So Bobby, how, what was your relation like with mental health before kids and then what was it like once you had kids yeah um ever evolving um but definitely before kids it was a priority because i mean what what other priorities did i have i had everything i did was because i either i wanted to or i didn't that was that's that's how that worked um so i didn't look at it as you know mental health or self-care i didn't i didn't label these things it was just me going with I was the only kid, only child. It was always my time. Solitude was my get down. Um, so anytime where I was by myself, uninterrupted, I, I felt like I was getting recharged. Um, my life has always been for others. I've always been um, a, a source of energy for other people to to get energy from, to get advice from, whatever it is. So those moments of me recharging have always been that much more important so I can actually show up, right? Keeping my glass full so I could keep pouring into others. Um, but I didn't look at it in those that sense back then. I was just like, yeah, I want to be left alone. I'll be left alone. <laughs> That's just, you know, listen to myself. Intuition guided everything then. Um, I used to go to the gym. I used to play basketball. I used to just spend time with friends, all that good stuff. Um, but like the intentionally setting time for my mental health didn't come until I found Agape Spiritual Center when I was 19. Um, that's, that was like the first time I like intentionally went looking for God. Um, I, I was guided there by an ex and then got even more rooted there when we broke up. Um, so similar to Brandon, it was a breakup that kind of, you know, opened you up, opened me up to the universe and kind of left me vulnerable and more naked than I've ever been. Um, and I was like, all right, well, let me reverse engineer this thing. So for one, it was so I don't get hurt again. Right. Let me, let me, let me rebuild this. So I don't get treated the same way. Um, and through that healing, I found, okay, well, I need to honor myself first and I need to, um, pay attention to my joy and my happiness. And I had all the time in the world to do that. I actually found my wife at Agape. Um, so it it was God that kind of showed me my, the importance of self-care and my mental health, um, because with, with a healthier mental health routine or process or whatever, I was able to connect to God faster, quicker, um, not lose the connection, um, and kind of stay centered in, in my true essence more. Um, I've always been, uh, positive and I've always been the one that has the positive energy to give. So that's all part of my mental health too, I think. Um, and that all goes back to kind of how I had to model myself when I was younger to stay 
in the groove of survival and to 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 do whatever you had to do to stay happy uh, wherever you were um yeah so as i got older i had my first child when i was 24 i was also starting my career so it made me take my career more serious it made me give more of myself not even to parenting but to creating a healthy environment for our family to to grow and then to find some type of foundation um, so as I cut myself thinner, I got had to get registered for, for with FINRA and SEC for the work that I was doing and all this other stuff that took chunks of time away from my family. Uh, I was also very much following my father's footsteps in the go to work at 630, get, get home by four, um, and then I have nothing left to give, right? Um, so I was very much going into the mold of that lifestyle, uh, which I didn't like. Um, my wife was working nights. I would come home, she'd shower, get ready, and then drive to Venice. She was working at a restaurant on Venice, uh, Nabi Kenny. Um, so we had no time for each other. There's nothing healthy about the first year and a half um of our life. Um, except we loved our child, a lot of growth. We didn't pay attention to our own mental health, to each other's mental health. There was none of that. Um, and that's when postpartum depression was kicking our ass. Um so now, and this change from having one kid, you have still have all the time in the world, not all the time in the world. I don't want to shit on folks who have one kid. It's very difficult. Um, but you do have a lot more time. I don't want to, I don't want to shit. I'm not shitting. Uh, but it is very difficult. Um, so with, with multiple kids, it's even more so, right? Like we, we get one kid in school. We're like, great. All right, cool. We still have three other, three more at home, whatever it is. Uh, but it allowed me to, through COVID and through working from home and being remote, allowed me to kind of reprioritize what's important uh, and trust the universe in following what's important, um, finding new ways to make money, uh, new ways to be home and make money, new ways to do things as a family. We got in the entertainment world as a family. So when we do work, we're doing it together. Um, uh, I'm running for city council in Inglewood so I can stay uh, aside from my passion for community and bringing people together so I can literally work in my community um, and not ever have to leave it. Um, so it allowed me to reprioritize these things so that when I do get the opportunity to go to Vegas and go to a music festival with Brandon or um, go to a movie with Brandon or whatever it is. Uh, on Father's Day, I think two years ago, uh, he had a he had a uh, dinner reservation with his family that didn't go through. So he called me. He was like, you want to go? I'm like, yeah, let's go. We're going to honor ourselves on this day. Um, I think that was like the first time that we actually really connected and vibed out. But knowing you have that, right? Um, my One of my best friends, Aviv, who I knew before Father's Group, um, same type of thing. You have that support system of someone who understands and they always ask, how are you doing? Aside from, hey, what's going on? What are you guys up to? Da, 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 how are you doing? That's always a question that uh, some of my friends ask me and it makes me pause for a moment. Like, oh, how am I doing? And asking yourself these things. Um, so it became, it became harder uh, after fatherhood really started, but it also became more beneficial. Like it's easier for me to, to notice now when I need it 
Um, or as the communication between me and my wife get better, I can see when she needs it. She can see when I need it. We talk about these things. My friends can see when I need it. Um, and that all comes from a place of being authentic and staying vulnerable, which I think are two key components to your mental health. Um, not compartmentalizing yourself in any situation or in any room. Um, and you know, those are like cheat codes to staying happy, to staying healthy, to staying joyful. So yeah, man, just surrounding myself around people that give a fuck about me, um, people that I give a fuck about, it makes life a little easier. Yeah, I that you keep segueing right into what I'm about to say next. Um, I want to ask you guys like what you do for self care, um, like if you have self care routines or just things that you know that you need to do in order to stay well mentally and physically. Yeah, I can I can start. Um, for me, um, I uh, really love uh, Kundalini yoga. Um, that is like my sort of like core foundation of a practice, and through the yoga that combines um, you know physical sort of like asana or like exercises um, to move the body, but that also incorporates breath work and meditation and, and also chanting. Um, and, and the chanting is also like a, a form of, of prayer. <clears throat> um, and then through the yoga, I've also adopted, um, Ayurvedic, uh, lifestyle, uh, practices, um, which, you know, incorporate diet, um, you know, sort of skincare, you know, uh, <clears throat> rubbing oil on your body, like self-massage every morning and like tongue scraping. And so um, I, I've really found that like having that, you know, foundation um, really helps what that can look like on a, on a, on a great day where I'm not super tired from the night before because of parenting or work um, will be like, I wake up 4 a.m., uh, I'll take a cold shower. I'll start uh, my chanting and prayers at uh, 4.30. And then we'll do some yoga and more chanting. So from 4.30 to 7 a.m. Uh, doing like my, my yoga practice. Um, if I don't do that, then I'll try to carve it in somewhere during the day. If it's just 11-minute breathwork meditation or to do uh, a chant um, or just like a little warm up exercise, something um, I'll, I'll try to get it in. Uh, I love to read. I love nature. Um, so beach. Um, I've really been into uh, inner child activities uh, lately. Um, conversation that I've unpacked with my therapist also stemming from like talking about my father and like the things that I used to do with my father as a kid. Um, and one of those things is like flying kites. Uh, and um, yeah, like my dad and I like used to like fly these like stunt kites, like really fast kites. Um, and I have one and like, I recently went to the beach in Malibu and did that with my son and it was so fun. Um, a little hard to do it like with him. So like, I just need to go back by myself, but like I've been thinking of ways to incorporate, you know, inner child things like tennis and, um, uh, yeah, just like things that I did when I was a kid that was really fun. 
Um, even like playing video games. Uh, I was recently playing Bobby video games with Aviv and his son and was like having so much fun. Um, so yeah, those are the things I do for self-care and music. I, I love music. Um, whether going to a concert um, or just listening, listening to music. Uh, <laughs> just thinking about the, the last time I listened to the Kendrick Lamar album with Bobby, we had a great experience. Um, uh, but yeah, music, nature, friends, um, my wife. I love to laugh. Yeah, that's, that's my self-care. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I also do inner child work with my therapist and it's very transformative. Um, Bobby, what do you do for self-care? Um, you know, self-care is a lot of different things. For me. Um, start the day or any, any time that I could actually take a shower and be alone. Right. And not like be bathing a kid while I'm bathing myself. Like I, I really, focus on gratitude. Um, that's probably when I speak the loudest to God is when I'm in the shower. Um, so centering myself and grounding myself with gratitude um, is first and foremost in, in anything, any one of my processes, whether it be self-care, whether it be anger work, whether it be breath work, gratitude guides it all. Um, so, you know, starting the day with gratitude, uh, it kind of centers and anchors everything. Um, so I, sometimes I feel like going on a walk. Uh, sometimes I want to read. I'm not a big reader. Sometimes I feel like picking up a book and reading. Uh, music is huge for me. Uh, loud ratchet music is what feeds my soul. Uh, <laughs> um, taking the kids out, seeing the kids happy. Like, it's funny, like ego, ego does a lot. Um, in the way that I actually do show up for my kids. Um, so it's hard for me to show up for my kids in ways that I've never seen my parents show up. Um, so like when my kids want to go scootering at the park or go to the beach or it's the easy things that I never, I never got. So when I think of it, they're so much harder than they really are. But when I actually follow through with them and walk with my kids to the park and just have them scooter and have the time of their life, like that feeds me. Right. It shows me that I've, I've grown a little bit um, and it, it just shows me like, oh, it doesn't take much to make these kids happy. Um, so things like that provide me self-care. Um, my solitude is important. So like my wife is going to Italy for nine days, um, which that's not self-care for me at all. Um, but when she gets back, I'll be able to go to Big Bear for 24 hours um just have solitude no one around me i have the long drive by myself long drive home by myself so solitude is, is huge for me um what else doing things that bring me not just peace i used to be focused on peace but that bring me joy i don't just necessarily want to be calm all the time i want to be happy um i need things that make me smile not just keep me baseline um so yeah listening to music uh binging a stupid ass netflix show by myself um uh, i've recently got into live music so going to concerts is big for me uh it's i, I found a new passion in that um dad's group is huge for me 
Um, it's not even so much of me necessarily needing to have it to get anything from, but I need to have it because I know how important it is if it for, for others, like if it's not there on a Saturday. So even if I show up and no one comes, just to know that I've been consistent with it, that feeds me. Um, and, you know, not doing things or not not doing things because of fear. So like, for example, I'm running for city council in Inglewood. It's make, I'm having to uh, sacrifice a lot of my work for my actual day-to-day job, um, sacrifice time for my family and do these things. And they're out of the norm. So when I tell people what I'm doing, they're like, what, why are you giving up your career? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? But it makes me happy. I'm following my intuition. And that in itself is a form of self-care for me not giving into the negative self-talk, you know, just staying authentic. There's, there's so much joy and peace and self-care that comes from being authentic and vulnerable. Um, vulnerability really, when I see others be vulnerable, it fucking lifts me to a new level and, you know, kind of staying in those moments uh, is what keeps me feeling like I'm caring for myself. Um, which I think is really important. Uh, and listening to my wife helps a lot because there's times when she can she can tell my temper is just a little shorter or my voice is just a little louder and, she, and she'll cut it off before. Like, yo, go outside and uh, go light a joint real quick or go outside and, and just be, be by yourself. Um, so, you know, as we learn ourselves being... Uh, communicating with what we're learning about ourselves to the people that uh, are with us day to day, whether it be my my partner or my children, letting them know like, hey, I'm sorry for that. If I did something wrong, I'm learning as as you are. Like, this is my first time being a parent. I'm only 10 years into this. Um, you know, most of my life, I was not a parent and I was taught things that I don't want to bring into the way that I parent. So it's all learning, uh, being vocal with it, communicating, all these things are forms of self-care because you are preventing a bigger problem from arising or um, you're, you're saving energy, you're conserving energy and not giving it to, to pointless conversations or pointless arguments. Um, so all these things are, self, are, are self-care. Um, but I think what it comes down to is gratitude of being gentle with myself um those two things make it possible for anything else to to happen yeah i'm really glad that you mentioned uh just all of those different forms of self-care because i think that people can feel like self-care looks like one thing um and it doesn't have to it's very personal so i think that was a great reminder for people listening that you can fit self-care in however it works for you I think we had a really great conversation today and you guys dropped so many gems and I think fathers are going to listen to this and be able to relate and pull things that they can use in their own lives from this conversation. So that being said, I would like to give you guys an opportunity to just plug anything like what you're working on right now, where people can find you and follow you and stay up to date with what you're doing. Uh, votebobbybrown.com. That's where you can uh, support what I'm doing right now. Uh, this campaign is going to be controlling 
my life for the next four months, which I'm grateful for. Grateful for the opportunity to represent Inglewood, uh, the new wave of folks we have here, the new energy we have here, uh, bringing the true democratic process back to the city. Um, so yeah, votebobbybrown.com. Um, I'm on Instagram, Bobby for City Council, uh, the number four. Uh, you catch me and my family in Target. We have an old Navy shoe coming up. You'll see us around the holidays. Um, and Donuts with Dads. Donuts with Dads. You can find us on IG. You can also ask Jade. She'll get you the contact. We'll connect. So, yeah. Mr. Holman, what you working on? Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm B underscore Clutch. Uh, you could follow the Lazuli Collective. Uh, which is my my wellness company, which I mentioned. Um, we have some uh, events coming up in the Los Angeles uh, area in September. Um, it's looking like we're going to be at Afrotech in Austin in uh, November. And then we will be at Coachella again uh, next April. Um and then, yeah, I'm trying to start teaching more regularly my, my yoga classes, both in person and virtual. So, um, yeah, just follow me at the underscore clutch or Lazuli Collective to uh, get notified about those classes. Great. Thank you so much for doing this. I'm so happy we were able to work this out. And I think this is going to be so helpful for a lot of people. So I really appreciate your openness and vulnerability and just willingness to help whoever listens. Thank you for having the platform. Of course, anytime. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Students of Mind. I want to say thank you to Bobby and Brandon for being on this episode and being so open and willing to speak about their experiences. If you're interested in learning more about Brandon and Bobby or want information on how to be part of Donuts with Dads or to see the offerings of the Lazuli Collective, all of their information will be in the description of this episode. As always, if you want to stay up to date with the Students of Mind team, all of our links will be in the description as well. If you have a moment, please leave a rating and review for the show. This helps me know if the topics we cover on the show resonate with you, and it also helps get the episodes into more ears. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something new or resonated with something you heard today, and I will see you next week. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.